All right, okay. I am recording. All right. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Robots in Disguise podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. Then put your little hand in mine. There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb. <laughs> I got you, bot. I got you, bot. <laughs> We're not watching Bot, are we? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, no. That should be for April Fool's. Make a note. Uh (laughs) Spoiler. And and this week, we are watching Cover Me, a.k.a. Cover Me in Brown. (laughs) Cover Me in Mud. Because this episode is unreasonably brown. Oh, it's It's so brown. It's so weird. Like, I remember it being brown, but I forgot it started out in brown. Exactly. It's... Yeah, that's, that's the thing, because we... And, and we will get to, in just a moment, the uh, the writer responsible for this episode. There's nothing... Oh, shit. I didn't look at the writer before. <laughs> oh, well, I, I will tell you who <laughs> it is. You, did you look at the writer now? I well, did, yes, when you said that. Like, like you guys were mentioning that, that they'd written some other stuff we'd seen... But I didn't look at the name of the writer because I'm usually getting my notebook out when the episode like, starts playing. Okay, when so they that- did the Arctic camo, there was a point in the episode where they were consciously like, hey, we're going to do Arctic camo. Yeah, and there was a happen. point in the episode where it was actually relevant to things that occurred. Whereas in this, no point is the brown camo mentioned. Like... What? They do mention when they that they scanned it, but they don't scan it in the episode itself. No. Yeah. yeah so that it definitely feels like something that was put in after the first draft. Yeah. Yes. I don't think the the writer was like, "Hey, we should have everybody be super brown for this episode." Yeah. No. So uh, yeah, this first aired March nineteenth, twenty sixteen, and it was written by the legendary. Uh, Len Wine. Holy crap! Yes! Uh, huge comics guy, co-created Swamp Thing, uh, co-created Wolverine, yeah. wrote a ton of Hulk, Spider-Man, uh, wrote Giant Size X-Men number one, which means, you know, Storm, Colossus, Nightcrawler. All the hits. Krakoa, the Living Island. Yes! And, uh, also edit, also he was the editor on Watchmen. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. A, a, that's the thing. I forget about a lot of old Marvel writers that they were all editors also often. Yes. And he is uh, no stranger to Transformers, along <laughs> with uh, noted novelist Diane Duane. Uh, he also wrote one of the most fun episodes of season three, Web World. Arguably the best. Because it's crazy. Season, you know, I've I've... I think I mentioned before how there's that, like, season three trend of, like, suddenly you're getting all these, like, DC Fontana showing up in Beast Wars, Greg Weissman showing up in Prime. We're in season two here, and we're already getting some, like, special guest star writers. (laughs) Uh, But season three of Transformers, of G1... Yeah, it's all Transformers. Season three of G one also had a bit of that going, and and his he was one of those. And it was season three of G one just decided to be like way more sci fi than any of it had previously been, except like Child's Play and The Gambler. And this was Web World was definitely one of those like you know short story and Asimov's kind of episodes. So that's, uh, and, and he also wrote an episode of Beast Wars. He uh, wrote Tangled, Tangled Web. Web, which is totally fun. And then Beast Machines. Uh, I don't have it up in front of me. So someone who has it up in front of me. It's a uh, Savage Noble. Another ah, really yes. good episode. Yes. Yes. So, yes. And then he's going to write a subsequent episode of Robots of Disguise, which was actually released, I think, a couple of weeks after uh, he unfortunately died in 2017. Aww. I think I might have seen him at a convention in Columbus, but I might be wrong. I might be... I definitely saw Marv Wolfman at a convention in Columbus, and I may be... I don't know. Extrapolating.
right. So yes, this uh, this episode opens with uh, what we are now calling the uh, the Stealth Squad. Apparently, uh, this is the uh, the the away team. It's got uh, it's got Prime. It's got Windblade. Uh, it's got Sideswipe. It's got Drift and Drift Minicons. Hmm. And yes, they have all scanned uh, the color schemes of some uh, of some desert vehicle. So they are now all aggressively brown in a brown <laughs> environment. Yeah. And weirdly, they all have yellow eyes, which makes them look weird. Yeah, it's yeah. like it, it's cool that okay they have alternate camos to sell more toys. Although I don't remember if there was I don't think these toys. To- I don't think they've even made the toys of these. Were sold. It was yeah, it was almost all Arctic. Hey kids, you love was, brown? That's also, because it, Arctic is cool and desert is not cool. Desert no. is just mud. But yeah. Changing their accent colors, particularly their eyes, to also fit the color scheme is kind of upsetting for some reason. Like, changing eye color <laughs> to fit in, it, it's like, shouldn't they keep the same eye color or, like, some accent colors? Like, Windblade should still have some, like, red bits on her wings or something. It's not is like it, they made no. their eyes red. That would right, be exactly. really a, tra- a Transformer gets a different eye colors when for a very limited number of reasons. They get a new body. Yes. They turn evil. <laughs> Yes. Uh, or they're blind. I was just watching uh, the last night last night, and uh, yeah, changing Prime's eye color got, because Prime's you got get the evil eyes in that. He does. Also, one of the most popular tweets I have made on Twitter is last night when I just said, "Why is movie hot rod French?" <laughs> <laughs> Which apparently is a in in all caps is a sentiment that really resonates with the community. <laughs> And, uh, and and put a pin in the Transformers The Last Night because it has a connection to this month's uh, Patreon episode. Aha! Uh-huh. Oh. Okay. Uh-huh. Weirdly, it kind of has a double connection to this month's Patreon episode. Is it Frank Welker? Uh, no, no. It's not Frank Welker. Uh, I guess I... I guess I... The one thing I don't want to spoil because David has not seen the movie yet. No, I still haven't. I... I... Oh, I know of right. it. I've seen the the toys that are not selling, the Legos that are tempting me because they're Legos. Uh, and the one connection is that uh, Quintessa is played by uh, Gemma Chan, uh, Cersei in uh, the Eternals. Oh, I did not realize that. Yeah, that's right. That's pretty cool. Oh, I mean, it's mostly like her voice, but she's like a person right at the very end. Yeah, we see her for yeah. like five seconds in. in yes, the- teasing the sequel that will never happen. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm checking Twitter and noticing that I'm I'm getting a lot of replies to that tweet that are just pointing out that he stopped the time. <laughs> oh, I am stopping the time. <laughs> and also, if I remember correctly, he's uh, he's also Bishop in that movie. Yes, yes, oh, yeah. he is. Uh, he's Omar Sy, who, who is not nearly that French as Bishop, <laughs> but probably gets about the same amount of screen time. I mean, it's not horrible voice casting for Hot Rod. It's just odd that he's so French. He's he's so French. Anyway, so yeah, I we are we are in the desert. We're okay. brown. Uh, we've got yellow eyes. Enough. The occasionally Windblade goes all bug eyes, and she, it looks like uh, the end of uh, the Thriller music video. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and the the whole point of them being camouflaged is somewhat uh, compromised by the fact that Sideswipe. Can't keep, can't stop yammering about the time that he tricked Strongarm into thinking that he could travel through time by changing all the clocks in the base. I it's I'm willing to believe that it's possible Strongarm was humoring him. It's entirely possible. It's also possible that things are weird enough for them on an everyday basis that that's not as big a that's not as unreasonable a thing to believe as it would be for like normal everyday humans this is true i mean in the in the very next episode we're doing a, a grimlock's new brain yeah oh oh goody technobots man i love that episode sadly no but oh. there are monkeys i love the That'll technobots Anyway, and and one and much like last episode, Prime is still feeling the after effects of having his power drained by those uh, total dick uh, primes. He is extremely relatable. Yes, I also feel like this every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Also, it. 
I guess this probably occurred to me at some point during the previous, uh, the last time we had the, the away team here, but there is no one on this team who would not hate Sideswipe. <laughs> I mean, like when, when Blade seems to be Blade at a has point a where weird she, fondness for him. She humors him, but like Drift, no. I mean, Drift hates most people. Yeah. That's fair. That is entirely fair. Also very relatable. But yeah, Optimus's big mood at the beginning of this episode, because yeah. he's just, he's tired. He needs a nap. He needs to nap for a month. And unfortunately, he cannot nap because he's then ambushed uh, by uh, the Heat Miser and the Cold Miser. <gasps> Elemental Gremlins! Yay! Yay, the Bakugans are here! I'm Mr. White Christmas. I'm Mr. Snow. I'm Mr. Icicle. I'm Mr. Tembelo. Folks call me Snow Miser. I was thinking Jetfire and Jetstorm. Also, they're not Russian, but they are uh, two pretty well-known voice actors. Yes. Oh yeah, I remember. Uh, Glacius is Yuri Lowenthal, who I think is like a big anime guy. Yes, he's, he's a, in a lot of anime, and he's in <laughs> a lot of the uh, the DC animated stuff. Uh, and he was I, Superboy slash Superman for copyright reasons in my beloved Legion of Superheroes cartoon. And I'm pretty sure he's Spider Man in that new Spider Man video game. Oh, that sounds about right. Wait, am I confusing? And uh, apparently, else? he is a one. He is Ben Ten when Ben Ten is not being played by a Canadian woman. <laughs> oh, he's Sasuke. Okay. okay, that's. Oh okay, no! Some yeah. Naruto bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> I can. You can't say tell, but I'm actually running in a very weird position. <laughs> anyway, Glacius is the ice now guy because we're not in rescue bots anymore. That's right, and uh, his uh, his opposite number is Swelter. Uh, voiced by Robbie Rist, uh, perhaps best known as Cousin Oliver on the Brady Bunch. Oh, yes. Um, he was uh, he was the weird like bo- child genius Doctor Z on Galactica 1980. Yeah, the, the the weird season that we forget about, except for that one good episode. The, the one episode that had Wolfman Jack on it. Okay, two good episodes. <laughs> I mean, the, the Wolfman episode actually isn't that great, but it's got Wolfman in it, so it's uh, Or is the one that's like an enemy mine yeah. with uh, Starbuck and a Cylon. Cylon. Yes. And I think it's it's hinted that he's the son of Starbuck somehow. Yeah, I, yes, because it's a flashback episode, so he is oh. kind of, sort of, it's weird. He's the voice of Michelangelo in those original Ninja Turtles movies. What? Yes. Uh-huh. Neat. And uh in something that uh is very important to Jen. Uh <laughs> he is the uh, he's the voice of Wiz on Kid Video. Yes. Kid Video aka Ham Saban learns an important lesson about music licensing. Well, let's be honest, he already knew about music license. Well, he it reinforces his that oh, I should own the copyright to these songs I wedge in things first. Yeah, that's that's the important lesson, is that when you license other people's music, you cannot then say, have a proper VHS release, or ever have a DVD release, or anything except burying your poor show at the bottom of a landfill with copies of E.T. (laughs) However, I have recently learned that there was a vinyl release of the songs that were uh, made for the show that was done in Israel. Of course. Uh, and so at some point when I have a couple hundred dollars to spare, I may have to pick that up off eBay. <laughs> uh, apparently it was huge in uh, in Israel. Really? Well, yeah, because Haim Saban started out in music and that's how he got into everything else. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, Tommy Wiseau is not necessarily big wherever he came from. But the, like, well, that's because he won't tell anybody where he's from. <laughs> Saban, like, produ- producing musical groups was what Saban was doing before he got into all the TV stuff. Uh, any, anyway, TV yeah. Stuff to sell also, more as has recently records. pointed out, uh, in the opening credits to Kid Video, they have a mm. Subaru Baja, 
which continues yeah. to be their their cartoon vehicle for the rest of the series, which is probably why I like that kind of vehicle. <laughs> anyway, and he he you know. Uh, Glacius is the ice guy, Swelter is the fire guy, and uh, Swelter has, like, Firestorm hair. Yes. Like the, yes, like the DC character, Firestorm. He does not have, have poofy sleeves, but they do all have, all have, like, these long goblin arms that I like. Yes! Yeah. They're goblins. They're gremlins, but they're not, like, non-vocal gremlins. They're, right, they're, they're not making like, Frank Welker noises. They just no, talk like no. people. They, they make yes. me think of hobgoblins, actually. But you know. his DC Firestorm hair—he does not just have a a long, flowing red mane like Marvel Firestar. Right. Firestorm. Right. Okay. Right. Firestar. Firestar. Very, uh, very important distinction. Yes. <laughs> Although, am I remembering correctly? Was Firestorm voiced by Dan Gilvezan in uh, Super Friends? Uh, no, I think Spider-Man... Oh, no. I was gonna well, no, Spider-Man my... was Dan Gilzan on Amazing Friends. I'm just wondering now if it was the same... If he again, also that's... did Firestorm. That's a good oh, question. Oh, that's that's cool. entirely possible. The only character I cared about on Super Friends was Cyborg, because he was the sad robot. And when I was also, a what... kid, 100% in on any sad robots. Also, if I remember correctly, I think he was voiced by Ernie Hudson. Oh, maybe. Uh, I'm I super think friends. I remember that coming up. That's cool. Well, because he... Remember, Ernie Hudson did dabble in 80s voice acting, but could not get cast in the Ghostbusters cartoon, oh, playing the role yes. that he played in the movie. You mean he was Cyborg? I was trying to look up Firestorm in my... Oh, yeah, no. sideways. That's cool. And then, you know, later he was Carrie Payton, and now Carrie Payton is Grimlock. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, obviously, you know, Windblade is extremely protective of Optimus Prime in this episode, and she's ready to mess up anybody who looks at him uh, the wrong way. But instead, Drift is all, no, 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 li- listen, midget wrestling, let's go. <laughs> yes. It's time to battle brawl, little baby. Drift, yes. no, this is problematic. It, it, it is time, time for- to, whatever they say on Bakugan or whatever. Battle yes. Brawl, I think. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so Jetstorm Slipstream, I choose you. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, you know, he's all, this will be a valuable lesson. Then they get their asses kicked. This lesson is over. Yes. That was oh, great. I, oh, it would be way more toyetic if, if the Minicons were like Pokemon. Oh, wow. That Oh, I just got a great setup for Transformer series. <laughs> Like, the war has been called off, but you can have your Minicons beat the shit out of each other. Oh, man. That would be problematic. Yes, it would. It would come out... Like, Transformers would actually handle the fact that, oh, we're forcing these lesser creatures to beat the shit out of each other. That's not good. Armada by James Roberts. Hmm. Anyway, so they... Plus so they, they mentioned then they mentioned at some point that they're working for a larger Decepticon named Razor Paw. I like that. Not Razor Claw, Razor Paw. Know that he is Razor Paw. <laughs> <laughs> Which, it, anyway, so I guess it's a good Transformer name, but it, it's also soft because I just think a little kitten paws. Yeah, no. It, <laughs> It does sound kind of soft, yeah. You you you, you mentioned that and you're immediately thinking about uh, whatever kind of robot uh, toe beans he has. Yeah. <laughs> yes, his little footy paws. So they call up Fix It, and uh, you know Fix It is going. Oh, you never call, you never write. But he does look up. You know, these two are always working as like henchmen for some bigger dude. But they he can't find anything about uh, the razor paw, which uh, gives them pause. Where oh. have we heard of that before? Yeah, much like our uh, our Decepticon Island uh, goons from the past episode. Ooh. So, so yeah, they uh, so they they keep you know they're they're still searching for uh, for where these guys are. And uh Also I would like to point out that Razor Paw is an absolute jerk for getting himself taken out of the records, but not getting his Minicon buddies taken out of the records. That's right. Well presumably he just hooked up with whatever minicons you could find on planet. I guess. 
Someone to boss around. But we'll get there. So yeah, there we you know there, there's a whole rigmarole here where Prime you know they everybody wants Prime to hang back, but Prime is absolutely not going to do that. And you know, Drift and Sideswipe are just going to let Prime do what he does, but Windblade really wants him to hang back. So she's you know she you know she has this sort of reverence for him as this sort of weird uh, Primus empowered magical girl. Yeah, I mean, I I do like when we get to have Windblade being, like, special. Not mm-hmm. when it's, like, Cyberverse, where she's just Bumblebee's babysitter for the first season. So, unfortunately, she takes it a little too, too far and just starts attacking anything that might be in a, in a, in a bush. Oh, yeah, she yes. goes all Legend of Zelda on bushes. Well, and she she thinks that something's happening, that. So she, and, she, and she needs Prime to get down, so she, like, slugs him in the gut to get him to go <laughs> down, which... Yeah. That's not how this works. She just shoves him and he just falls directly on his ass. I (laughs) This this does strike a chord with this Prime plot because Prime is sort of the collective dad of the fandom. And uh, and this is dad in his waning years. It is is a rough watch at times. Yeah. it's, It's the classic thing is like, oh, how do we deal with this overpowered character? Oh, we have to handicap them somehow. So that the other characters have something to do, especially since Prime has been built up so much over recent years. Yes. Yeah. So So, turning him to Grandpa is a good idea. It's just also slightly annoying at the same time because you have Grandpa on the missions. It just hurts. Hmm. It's a good idea. It just hurts. So uh, so tell me, uh, Jen, uh, David, this will be released in the future, but what day are we recording this? We are recording it on February the second. What uh, what holiday is that? Tis Groundhog's Day. That's right. <laughs> Strike up the music. The band has begun. Bum, 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 the Pennsylvania polka. <laughs> you know we, you know we're ready to uh, to watch uh, Bill Murray step off that curb into that icy puddle over and over again. And sure enough, in this episode, Windblade gets attacked by a groundhog. It 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 is kind of weird. I kind of thought it was a prairie dog at first. I think it's too big. That's I'd say it's a groundhog. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of skinny for a groundhog, or at least the groundhogs I'm used to. Well, I mean, it's not as well fed as your Punxsutawney Phils or your Wyerton Willies. But it it is more sizable than a groundhog usually is, or um, a prairie dog usually is. So it is very upset with her and attacks her, which she finds sufficiently confusing that she just straight up falls off a cliff. Yes. <laughs> it's startling. You don't expect it to just attack like that. You expect I it to guess. run. Though I, yeah. I have started playing the new Pokemon Legends game, and now I absolutely expect small creatures to just charge at me with little or no provocation. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's, it's about the size of her hand at most. I mean, she, it, it, try not to think too hard about a scale here because she is a jet. Yeah, well, yeah, but we're not sure what kind of jet it is. You just ignore jets should be like three times the size they should be in the whole Transformers series, except for the yeah, movies. Yeah, she she definitely is like a small jet, like like that one from Octopussy. Yes. Anyway, so she falls off this cliff into a raging river. Uh, this is completely embarrassing. Sideswipe tries doing this super cool acrobatic move to rescue her. It totally doesn't work. He tries it a second time. It does work, but she's kind of messed up. It's weird that it seems to never occur to her to try her fans. Like, you know, I I thought of that, and then I thought of, you know, it's like, well, why is she falling? She can fly. It's like, well, why are you stumbling? You can walk. It's like, it probably well, just caught her off guard. I know, but... She wasn't, know, like, balanced properly, and she would have just slammed into the... I'm I'm giving Windblade the benefit of the doubt here, because I like Windblade. I would have liked the scene where, like, she tries to use them in the water, but the water's too turgid, and, and like, she can't get out of the water. But no, she's just floating down the river like a Looney Tunes character, waiting to hit a log. 
and go over a waterfall? Of course. And they are being spied on, not only by by Glacius and uh, Swelter, but by their boss, Razorpaw, who is also brown. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like, it... it it's enough that we, okay, we, we have all the brown Autobots who we didn't see turn from normal colors to brown. So the, the palette of the episode starts out brown, like, oh, I've lost the ability to see color. And then the main, at least the Minicon villains are two different colors. You get like, red and black and blue. That's nice. But the main villain of the episode is also the same shades of brown as the Autobots. Uh. So much brown. <laughs> at least the Minicons are colors. I know. Yeah, the minicons, but at least the minicons are colors. Even when, when Windblade is in in the water, most of the time we're seeing from a low angle, so we're not seeing most of the water. We're seeing the rock walls, it's all brown, so much brown. And uh, he was voiced by uh, voice actor Jonathan Adams, uh, also Kang the Conqueror on Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes, and Atrocitus on that Green Lantern cartoon. Ooh. He's the guy that drew the Adams family. Uh-huh. Is it wasn't oh, that that's the hardest? Charles Adams? Oh, Charles. Okay. I forgot the guy's name. I think Yuri uh, Lowenthal was, was, was also. No, maybe I'm thinking Josh Keaton. Josh in Keaton that Green is Lantern Hal cartoon. Jordan in that. Oh, I'm thinking who the cool Red Lantern guy is, who everybody cares about. Right. That that is uh, Jonathan Adams in this. Because I, I know that uh, Jen was a big fan of that Green Lantern show. Yes, that was a really good cartoon. It was way better than a Green Lantern cartoon starring Hal Jordan has any business being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, because all apparently all the characters around him were really interesting, which helps when you're paired with Hal Jordan. Oh, no, Jason Spisak was Razor. Okay. And Gray Griffin was in that. She's in everything. She is. She's in absolutely everything. If it's a thing, she's in it. Anyway, so he is a, he is a Puma man. Puma man. Yes. Sadly, he does not fly like a moron. you might have guessed from the paw in his name. Puma man. But also, he, like, drains energy from people like a vampire. Yeah, that, I, I, until that happens at the end of the episode, it's like, wait, he's a vampire? But he's a puma, why? Why is he a vampire puma? Yeah, that, like, the cat, do like, okay, I guess they're stupid cat stories about cats stealing your breath and shit. Thank you, Stephen King movies, for perpetuating that, although it counteracts it. Anyway, but I why mean, is he a he's, vampire? He's <laughs> a predator, is yeah, the thing. But- First and foremost, he's a predator, and how do you get someone being... A predator in a robot race like this—they have to if they're eating I, people somehow. Yes, but it, it's, yeah, it's just true. weird that he is Puma themed. When he, at the end of the episode, he uses Morbius powers by sucking energy out with his hands. Uh, well, they Felicia, already had a bat. I must have plasma. <laughs> uh, stay tuned for a Patreon episode in a couple of months. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. We will Whenever that Jared Leto movie comes out. Okay, they didn't want to do a bad again, but Puma is a weird choice. Maybe if he was like a mosquito? Or a, or, snake? Or a tick? Something? A t- how about a tick? Yeah, some kind of bug? Be like a big tick? Where, where is that <laughs> jerk who calls himself the tick? The tick. Maybe they figure they got a tick last time. With, uh. Or not a tick, but a, a transform- bug. Oh, I, I, I thought you meant Transformers Animated when Sentinel Prime was the tick. <laughs> no. It does. It feels like this episode has, like, some, some find to replace. Like, oh, they all have to be brown. Fine. Put their brown into the script. Anyway, oh, and also oh, we he's... can't have another bug because half the bad guys in the season are bugs. Okay, fuck it. He's a puma now. <laughs> and also, much like uh, Polar Claw, he's also very lazy. Yes. Well, Polar Claw at least had an excuse that, oh, he's a mobster that hibernates. This guy is just so lazy, he forces his minions to do his work for him, which, as a leader, is a good well, idea. But it's Because that's how big cats are. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Big cats are famously lazy. Yes. Yeah. The cats just sort of lay around and wait for food to be readily available. 
Oh, that's why his name is Razor Paw. It's still stupid. Because he uses his paw to razor out your energon or something. But. Well, and also, I guess that you can see the Minicons as his cat's paws. Oh, oh, that should be the name of his gang. That's a good one. Okay, yeah, cat's paws. Yeah. Anyway, so we have now found one of our trademark deserted uh, bases. Everybody take a drink. Hey, I'm doing a deep dive into Jason Spisak actually being in uh, an episode coming up in the future. So Yes, he is. Thumbs up there. I think he's in the weird mini season. Oh, was, he, was he on the first Robots in Disguise? Uh, I don't think so. Was he the kid? Or maybe. Koji? Maybe yeah, I'm clicking around here. I know my poor, poor foster kitten sneezing. I don't know if you can oh. hear that, but little Hank is he on my lap. He was indeed Koji sneezing. Onishi in Robots oh, of Disguise. Oh man, <gasps> that's uh, that's a pretty great evolution from from that to the angry Red Lantern from that <laughs> Green Lantern show. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so we have this abandoned swindle base or abandoned base full of jeeps. Jeeps with no tires. Everyone seems kind of... And I I realize Sideswipe's the only one who's been here on Earth for... I mean, I guess Prime has traditionally been on Earth. But the point is, everyone seems kind of distressed by all these abandoned, disintegrating Jeeps. Yeah, it, is, it, it, it does beg the question, it's like, did they just leave the Jeeps here? Did they take the tires with them? Has this been abandoned so long that, like... Teenagers have come in and stolen the tires and the engines or whatever. They've just rotted. They've just rotted off. Or did uh, did the Decepticons just kill everybody here? Maybe. Maybe. That's a good question. Probably not. Or mech. <laughs> mech. Oh, man. Anyway, abandoned little base. They wander in looking for Puma Man. And, anyway, and also, this base is also brown. Yeah, <laughs> the buildings are brown. The jeeps are brown. My the jeeps God. are greenish brown, but yeah, it, it's just more brown. Why is you everything so brown? Be, you can't just have things be colors. Colors are expensive. <laughs> they aren't even. <laughs> oh my God, that, that's an excuse. Like why some anime looks bad. It's like oh, they, they couldn't afford more colors or some shit. But for this, it almost makes no sense. But it, it, it's like why is everything brown? What is the excuse? Anyway, so uh. so sides so they they split into teams. Uh, Sideswipe and Drift go in to investigate and are quickly immobilized by these uh, minicons who coat them in molten metal, completely imprisoning them. Yeah, that uh, that seems pretty bad. Yeah, these little guys are really overpowered, which is yes. impressive. And then Windblade and Prime are, are left to fend off Razor Pond's minicons on their own. And of course, Razorpaws talked about how you know he he likes to take the weakest from the pack. Oh yeah, yes. been doing that the whole episode. Really playing up that predator theme. And so you know, he, he's going after Prime, and then Windblade you know steps in you know, and Razorpaws all oh ho yeah I, yes I was after the weakest, and that's you baby. Because she's hurt. Yeah, she does develop a limp, but. Like a, a gazelle. Flyer. Yes. So she has an injured leg like a gazelle. Yeah. It, I think it would make more sense if he was a cheetah, maybe? Not a puma? Eh. Mm. Although, I guess they're in the raw... Like, che- like, cheetahs are like savanna animals, not... Yes, but these these like are the mountains. just alien robots that happen to kind of look like Earth animals. It doesn't matter he's in the wrong environment. Well, I know, but that's how it works on this show. Apparently. Polar Claw lives in the Arctic. Uh, they found Spring Load in the jungle. Skunks live at dams. Uh, <laughs> exactly, yes. Yeah. That's normal. Skunk, uh, skunks, notorious gangsters. Um, I'm still kind of annoyed that the skunks never got a toy. He was an army builder, for Christ's sake. I know, and that and the, they could have done a remold, because that uh, comes back later. Yeah. Uh, like a guy who looks like that comes back later. Anyway, so... Uh, you know, he is draining her. Uh, I assume just to kill her, not to become his, like, puma bride. Yeah, he's just eating her, basically. He's not really the sexy kind of vampire. But he, he's... No. Well, okay, so he's sucking He's not energy. Steeljaw. He's sucking Energon out of her. Does that make him a cannibal? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. 
I guess that kind of goes into whether you think of the Autobots and Decepticons as the same species. And also as to whether you think of him as a person or like a Puma man. <laughs> that's that's a pretty important distinction, being a Puma man. I think if we consider Autobots and Decepticons a different species, that brings up so many problems. It brings it up does. a lot of problems. It brings up so many problems. Anyway, so Razorpaw, you know, he's going to now uh, come in to get Optimus, but the Minicons are mad at him because he's taking all the credit and just leaving them with scraps to eat themselves, because I guess they're also feeding off these victims. Yeah, but well, yeah. The, cold, the cold miser doesn't have a problem with that, but the heat miser really does because he's a hothead. Oh, hothead. I, I, oh, I guess he's too much. Yeah. Desperate enough, you do get to, they could get to a point where they're like, Stealing Energon from other Transformers they catch to be able to maintain themselves. It's a real Donner Party situation. Wasn't that what the Bat Guy was doing? Yes. Although I think that might have been like his normal state of being. That's fair. As a Bat Guy. Because all Bats in Transformers are vampire Bats. Not just resorting to cannibalism, but just plain old practicing cannibalism. Yeah, no. We have no room for fruit bats on Transformers. No, yeah, no, that's no fun. Although the first time Night Scream shows up, he's eating fruit, but then he's also got like those vampire dentures that he shoots out at people. Yeah. Night Scream wants extra ketchup. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> they anyway. play that old commercial on Toonami Aftermath occasionally, and I'm just like, oh no, I remember <laughs> that. It was never good. Oh. Uh. Anyway, Prime has been playing Possum, and he actually he beats up Razorpaw, and then he does uh, that kind of incredible Hulk thing where he like grabs two jeeps and slams <laughs> yes. the two minicons between them, and it's very cool. Yeah, that was a nice yes. Hulk smash. I, I always enjoy when that happens, like cars and tanks are used as hand-to-hand weapons. I always enjoy a good Hulk smash. Yes. And so, you know, Windblade has learned a valuable lesson. And Sideswipe and Drift have been molten, have been melted together, and uh, they start gently poking them free. But uh, Drift says, "No, no, that's fine. I think uh, I think Sideswipe's <laughs> lungs are full of metal or something. So I'm cool with that. Take your time. <laughs> yep. Sideswipe is very muffled and getting muffled, very upset by people person. making fun of his talkativeness. Yes, mm. and uh, and that is the episode. Uh, my verdict." Brown. So brown. What can brown do for you? I did think, and I complained early in the season about how Optimus Prime gets written now. I did feel like this was the most, like, friendly G1 dad Optimus. And less of the, like standoffish, distant dad Optimus that we've yes. got more recently. So, and I'm sure part of that may be that it's, you know, though Optimus wasn't in the one G1 season that he wrote for, but but still, well, it, it, it did feel like Optimus just felt a lot more, like, nice. And I think also, you know, with Drift Around, you only need one disappointed dad per show. That's yeah, true. It's it's a problem with the character dynamic and okay, I guess Prime's handle better, but uh, it feels like it would be like twice as good of an episode if it wasn't fucking brown. Like the the brownness <laughs> of everything yes. just makes me think like it's a weak episode, which it kinda is. I mean what I what what's great about Robots in Disguise, it is so colorful. You know, they're just such yeah. vibrantly colored heroes and villains. But everybody's just so ding-dang brown in this one. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, they need to... So is it going to be like... I know this season is relatively short, but is it going to be like this every time the away team shows up? They're I'm just not, color-coordinated okay to the biome they're in. Here. Yeah, maybe... Maybe that's why I got tired of the season and stopped in the middle somewhere, like a few episodes after this one. It just, I, I guess I kind of just don't like the makeup of the away team. He's, yeah, you said we have two dads on the team. Yes. We have Windblade, who can be interesting, or in this episode is like overprotective. And Sideswipe, Sideswipe, 
Like, he, he's dealable when he's with strong arm because they have a bickering sibling kind of routine going on. But on his own, no, it, uh, it's just two dads, a stepmom, and the worst Dadding child. About. It's the worst child. And brown. All right, All right. <laughs> I, I have I have looked ahead, and it looks like we're not getting a, another away team episode for several weeks, and it does appear they'll be in normal colors next okay. time they show. Uh, that will help. Okay. Like, I... This episode disproves one of my theories that, or actually maybe does prove that, like, if you've ever, like, take your favorite movie and just watch it in black and white, which is probably hard to do on modern TVs, but on old CRTs, old TVs you I can think, fiddle with the knobs. Like, you I watch your favorite movie in black and white. For it. I okay, think if you, you dig into the settings, and I don't have, like, a nice TV, but I think if you dig into the settings... But you yeah, can like, set it to black and white. Watch your favorite movie in just black and white and see how good it still is. If it's a really good movie, it's still going to be fucking awesome. What if it's Transformers the movie? I think that it worked pretty good. What if it's Transformers the last night? Oh, no, no. Attack on Autobot <laughs> City may be a little bit chaotic, but the rest of it should be fine. But but this episode is like it's monochrome, except for the minicons, and it's just... No. Well, minicons are the best anyway. Oh, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed that this is a Len Wein written episode that I don't like. Look, there's there's an important lesson to be learned here, and that's that the comics and animation industries really need to pay their creators better. So in their twilight years, they don't have to phone it in on <laughs> random new Oof. cartoons just for a paycheck. Yeah, let them retire. Pay them enough to retire. This is true. <laughs> also, so they don't have to sell NFTs like Jose Delbo. Well, there's something of a special circumstance with uh, why? Because his house burned down. Oh, <gasps> oh okay. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, oh. And his wife went on Jeopardy and became a multi multi day champion. Ooh, <laughs> neat. That's cool. Uh, Christine Vallada. Nice. Yeah. Well, they got a good story out of it and a paycheck from this episode, but I, I don't like this episode. <laughs> and it was memorable enough that when I auditioned for Jeopardy, the uh, the coordinator mentioned uh, Christine Vallada to me when I, I had, uh, you know, my Marvel work as my uh, interesting anecdote. Hmm. Nice. But, uh, but yeah, like, like I like Windblade having that, like, kind of supernaturally special thing going on and I like I thought that this was a very good prime episode but for them and I like the mini cons a lot but definitely okay, the, 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 the visual aspects could have been better yeah. oh speaking of, of NFTs very uh, easily by not making everyone brown yes uh, <laughs> Troy Baker has now yes. uh, turned from the side of evil and will no yes. longer be doing that dumb NFT thing and also, he apologizes for calling everyone haters. Yeah, so we 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 uh, we pledge not to make fun of him for it the next time Steel Jaw shows up. Which is good yes. because we really like Steel Jaw. Yes. So <laughs> yes. it was just an annoying two weeks. So it's like, oh damn it, Troy Baker. Now it's like, yay, Steel Jaw again. So I, so I believe that now brings us to David's Tokusatsu Corner. Oh right. What? Wait. What the fuck is the wait? Uh. This week, ah, our tabs are fucking up. <laughs> David week, forgot to have an episode. I watched the, well, I, I considered not watching it because I don't know, a busy week or whatever. Um, this week on Gosei Sentai, Die Ranger! It, it also happens to be Chinese New Year. Well, it was yesterday. Yes. So many things are happening. Anyway, uh, this week's episode, The Deadly Fast Talking Wanderer, which is the, the wandering monster guy from last week who's kind of an afterthought in this episode, but they do fight him. Oh, I, I thought at the end of the last episode they had beaten him, or, or no, he left after beating them, but that, that that's how the episode starts. Oh, they were still mid-fight, and he just, he does, like, shit off after he kicks their butts a bit. What was he saying? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> my throat is just tired this week. Episode. Um... Oh, the, well, Red sort of kind of beats him by catching one of the tongue twister bombs he was throwing, jumping over and grabbing the monster of the week, 
with the bomb is like they both blow up and he's like no fuck it I'm leaving and then they go back and, and they see grandpa again and he's working on their bazooka weapon and we have to put up with grandpa but at least he's not doing much shtick thankfully he's just at building least a he's bazooka. not grabbing underage girls butts yeah no there's there's none of that um the the cameo guy nerd guy is still a turtle wandering around in grass and shenanigans I'm that's jealous like, that's like a whole plot in this episode big mood and I had a question like why were, were the bad guys trio the Cenobite looking leather daddies why were they making kids dig a hole to release gas which turns out is like dark spirit power coming up out of the ground but it turns out like they're doing it because it's not a it's a literal hole, but it's not a literal hole. They have to get kids to dig a hole to the underworld, which is like a parallel dimension thingy, so it's a ritual. I don't think you can dig a hole to a parallel dimension. I don't think that's how holes work. It's still weird. It's like, why didn't you just make a monster giant and have him dig a hole? But, oh, we need children to do a ritual, whatever the fuck. Abusing children is an important part of tokusatsu, I've learned. Anyway, the, the, the Leather Daddy trio, yay, the, there's enough gas leaking out. We can take the power and they get masks and turn, one of them turns giant and then fights the Zord, or fights the Red Dragon Zord only. My favorite! So th- there's a fight in the middle of the episode with the giant and, and they manage to defeat it because, like, they, they just kick rocks onto the hole that was leaking the gas and then, then the, the, the trio is like, oh, our powers that were super powered are now fading because the gas isn't coming anymore? I thought you guys absorbed it. What? Whatever. Giant robot fight over. Uh, Grandpa teleports the bazooka to the rangers somehow, even though he was just an old man. It's like, ah, convenient. It, he meditates and it, it just teleports. So they can use the gun on the Wandering Monster of the Week, which doesn't grow giant, but they already had a giant robot fight, so they didn't need another one. Sure! Whatever, that's resolved. Yay, we rescued Ko and the other children who were tied up to poles because they finished digging the holes and they were going to be murdered! But now they're not. And, and like the ticking clock that his ghost mom mentioned last episode, oh, but on his 10th birthday, you have to do something to him or he'll turn into a Gorma. They ask Ko, when's your birthday? And he says, I don't fucking know because my mom never told me. Tomorrow. So we have a ticking clock, but we have no clock. <laughs> like, eventually it's going to happen, but uh When no one is expecting it. Great. <laughs> And, and then the the turtle guy turns back into a human again. Maybe he picked up the giant diamond that we're going to see again at some point. Oh, and the, the crazy emperor of the bad guys comes floating down out of the sky on like a square, just like a giant tile. Picks up the fishing rod that the monster of the week had that it was like stealing the ranger's weapons with. Throws that into the hole in the ground that I thought we covered up and the bad guys left. And just starts fishing in the hole. And that's okay. how the episode ends. <laughs> what? For reasons. Just, just an emperor with a crazy voice is fishing. Okay, what? What? Hello, purring cat. <laughs> I'm just holding Hank up to the microphone. So it, 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 it's it's a pl- episode that's got like four different plots going on, and none of them really cross over that well. It's just setting up pieces to do later. It's like, oh, something with the turtle guy, and then bad guys fishing up something, and, and the other bad guys want power? Yes, we knew that. Eh. It, I would like a power. Connect. It's like a middle episode in a three-parter in Transformers. Oh, no. That's always the worst. Oh, no. Only I I don't think it actually is part of a three-parter. At best, it was a two-parter, but there's just more to come. Anyway, yeah, that's it. All right, and that does it for us for this week. We will be back next week with more Robots in Disguise or possibly more uh, SSSS Dynazenon. Dynazenon was last week. We're recording these in a okay, weird order. We'll be yes. back with more robots in disguise know, next week. Yay! I love being out of order. The normal plan was Dynazenon episodes come out like the beginning of the month. Okay. But then Christmas and shit happened and fucked us up a bit. Yeah. Okay. 
So we'll be back, and we'll be using all of our brain power to cover that episode. Yes. Oh, but yes, we're actually recording this episode like two weeks before it comes out, or a week and a half before so it comes out. So much brain power. Whoops. So, so, but uh, we're, uh, until then, you can find us all over the internet. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That is patreon.com slash iaconunderground. And for the month of February, we will finally be getting around to talking about the Eternals. Ooh. Rob hey. can explain to us who the Eternals are. That's right. I can... Just be happy that there's Kit Harrington and an evil sword, which is extremely my aesthetic. What's a deviant? We'll find out. <laughs> it's, you know, like pervert. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, just a I bunch mean, of weird goopy guys wearing like big trench coats and uh, flashing their goopy parts at people. <laughs> Ew. Like whoa! Come on, no, get out, get out, get out of here, uh, deviants! One of us is a child and has been for the past ten thousand years. Yeah, that's that's not okay. It's not okay. Leave Sprite alone. Now I'm thinking about them fighting like an army of glob Hermans, and that sounds more interesting. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Uh, I'm I'm waiting for when the MCU gives us uh, live action glob Herman. Yeah, I, I mean, it's going to have to happen because he's a great visual. He'll only be in one scene, but... He'll be but, in the background of a classroom, but that will absolutely... But he'll have, like, a wacky voice actor. Like, it'll be... Blah, Herman, but it'll sound like Seth Rogen or something. Yes. Uh, no, yeah, I, yeah, I guess that would fit. <laughs> I have no genitals. <laughs> I mean, they've, they've already got Patton Oswalt as, as Modoc baby, kind of. Well, I appreciate that the X-Men comics have now gotten to, like, explicitly acknowledging that some characters just don't have genitals. It's true. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, so until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. Happy Chinese New Year! I'm David Elmo. Chinese New Year would have been like 10 days ago, but you know. <laughs>